The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Are you single and struggling with dating or in a long-term relationship and want to take that next step? Or maybe you've been together with your partner forever and you want to spice things up. We Met at Acme is a dating podcast for you, and I really hope you come check it out. I'm Lindsay Metzelar, and we have so much to talk about together. So check out We Met at Acme wherever you listen to podcasts, and I can't wait to meet you. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays, and this is the Life of Mariana podcast. This episode is all about perfectionism. It's with the author, psychologist, and lecturer, Thomas Coran, and he has a book that's called The Perfection Trap, Embracing the Power of Good Enough. And perfectionism is something that is so difficult in so many of our lives with social media, work, our friends, our peers. It just seems like we're always striving for something that maybe is impossible. And we're always comparing ourselves with others and feeling like we need to be perfect. And there were so many things I wanted to ask him about. In this episode, we talk about understanding perfectionism. Where does that come from? How it impacts our mental and emotional well-being, the connection between perfectionism and burnout. And especially if you're a creator like me or a consumer, how it really impacts social media and how it makes us maybe feel like we need to be a little bit more perfect. We also talk about how it ties into the need of external validation. This book is just a small glimpse into all the advice that he has in his book, The Perfection Trap. And if you guys want to win a copy of this, I would love to send it to a few of you along with some Summer Fridays products. If you just post while you're listening to this episode, screenshot it and tag me on Instagram and tag Life with Mariana. It's my podcast Instagram account. I would love to send it to a few of you that are listening to this in hopes that it helps you just a little bit more. In this week's life update, surprise, we have a new Summer Fridays lip butter bomb flavor in birthday cake. So this is so cute. It's pink. It's shimmery. We've been working on this so long. We actually wanted this to come out for our birthday last year and it's coming out this year instead. So in March, we are celebrating six years of Summer Fridays and I'm so excited for this product to launch. It's limited edition, so you can only get it while it's available now. It's not permanent to our line. So it's just going to be something special that we did to celebrate our upcoming anniversary of the brand in the last six years. So if you guys want to get it, it is launching on summerfridays.com and at Sephora and also coming to Sephora stores. So now let's hear from Tom. Can you define perfectionism for us and how it really manifests in people's lives? Yeah, so perfectionism is a personality characteristic and it contains two core elements. The first is the high and excessive striving after really lofty goals and perfect standards. But those go-getting qualities come with emotional baggage in in the way of high levels of self-criticism, a lot of shame and guilt, particularly when things haven't gone quite so well. So perfectionism is really a double-edged sword. It can have some really positive qualities, but it can also have some really negative uh, implications for our mental health. I think we're so used to hearing about maybe some of the negatives of perfectionism, but what are some of those positives? Well, perfectionists do work hard. There's no doubt about that. They put a lot of effort into uh, tasks, particularly tasks that are personally meaningful. So, I mean, most people will think about the world of work, but you can also think of sports people too. You know, you need excessively high standards really to get to the top in those elite professions so look it it will certainly carry you a long way the question is is it sustainable it's an open question and at the same time you know is the is the emotional baggage that you have to carry around with you worth it and those are the things that we try to uh, zero in on in our research and are there different types of perfectionism 
There are. So perfectionism isn't just a uni what we call a unidimensional trait. It, it has various different features and can manifest in various different ways. Uh, when you talk to perfectionist people, and perhaps you think about perfectionism in your own life, you, it becomes evident that it's not just about high goals and standards. That's part of it. But there is a social element too. And a lot of perfectionist people feel like they need to be perfect because other people expect them to be perfect. So this is uh, an element of perfectionism we call socially prescribed perfectionism, where perfectionism is deemed well, felt to be pushed on us by other people. And there's also perfectionism that can be projected outwards too. So I can expect you to be perfect and be really annoyed uh, or frustrated when you're not perfect. And that's called other-oriented perfectionism. So yes, there's a, you know, a, a lot of inner drive what the perfection where perfection is concerned that's that's self-oriented perfectionism but there are it doesn't just have to be high end standards it can also come from the outside world yeah i think the outside world is a lot of what so many of us experience especially coming from our parents or our childhood upbringing so is that where you see a lot of the sources coming from is from something that happened to us when we were younger where we feel like we really need to over deliver now yeah there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest that perfectionism can come from early life experiences and parenting is one of the places that we've seen in the academic literature time and time again particularly uh, anxious rearing so where parents are very anxious about making sure that the environment the kids are brought up, up in is just perfect and just right and if things are wrong then there's a lot of panic kids pick up on that but also the subtler ways of communicating perfection standards parents can be what's called conditionally regarding so that they only provide love and affection when kids have excelled but they subtly defer that love and affection or maybe even withhold it when they've done something wrong or haven't quite succeeded and what that teaches young people is they're only really worth something when they've excelled and of course that creates a dependency on excellent achievement and later down the line perfectionism so yes certainly parenting is a is a big part of why perfectionism can develop in some people but it's not the only one so whether that's a parent a teacher or a partner if we feel like we have unrealistic expectations put on us from others that we know we maybe can never achieve, what can we say to them or what can we do to help balance out what their expectations are of us versus like what we actually know we can achieve or do? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, the, the first thing to say is when you feel like other people are putting excessive uh, pressures upon you that are unreasonable, that is a projection. That is their own high standards and their own perfectionism being projected outwards. So in, in most cases, this is a them problem, not a you problem. And that's the first thing to recognize because some people can internalize those standards as, as the person who's imposing those standards, communicating that I don't think you're good enough, that I need you to do more. And that's just simply not the case in most cases. And then, you know, dealing with it is it's about clear lines of communication. You know, you, you don't let these things go without we have conversation don't just let them happen and slip under the radar and and find later down the line that there's even more frustration there's even more conflict as as both parties move further away from each other i think it's important to talk about it. you know this is an expectation it's unreasonable and here are the reasons why it's unreasonable list them be clear about why you know i can't possibly do this task in this timeline and here are the reasons why so we need to be more flexible we need to talk about what's expected and we need to come to more uh, you know a more reasonable set of goals that are achievable it's it's those kinds of conversations that are difficult yes and of course they're difficult but they're absolutely vital and if you come armed with evidence and armed with a 
good justification, then you're way more likely to make headway and hopefully soften those expectations than if you simply don't leave it unsaid. That's really great advice. And I know some that will really resonate with so many listeners who maybe have somebody who has unreasonable expectations of them in their life. So I'm the recipient of this and I definitely see how it carried over to my adult life. And I think so many millennials had this idea of like being a girl boss and you're supposed to work really hard and have this perfect life. And then now I see that people are a little bit more honest about what that looks like. And so how does social media play into this need of needing to be perfect, whether it's like in our personal or professional lives and how we show up online? Absolutely. I mean, this is what I try to, I, I guess, explain, describe in my book that, you know, we can definitely point to early life experiences and we can certainly point to parenting, but I think there is also a discussion to be had about broader culture and society that we live in and how that amplifies perfectionism. And, and social media is a massive part of that. You know, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a crazy place where limitless images of perfection are just bomb bombard us almost on an hourly basis and and of course it's really difficult to escape even if you feel like maybe you don't want to use social media everybody else is using it so you sort of feel compelled to show up and i think that creates a lot of uh, anxiety a lot of worry a lot of pressure internalized pressure to keep you know the best face put it put a most positive face forward making sure everybody sees the best areas of your life and of course if everybody is curating a lifestyle and lives of perfection online then everybody else thinks that that's normal thinks that that's just the way their life should be too and that can create a lot of difficulty in terms of social comparison it can also create a lot of conflict between you know this idealized life that i should be living and the actual imperfect messy life that i actually do live and we're seeing that in the data too a lot of a lot of social media uses seems to be associated with a lot of worries a lot of rumination about our self-image and and body appreciation and so you know naturally i think into that into that context comes perfectionism and and i don't think there's any doubt that perfectionism and social media are very strongly linked there's something that I'm always thinking about with my hair and it goes from me in my 30s to my mom in her 70s and basically any of my friends in between and that's hair thinning. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one out of two women? If you're among them, know that you are not alone. Thinning is normal and it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel really lonely and frustrating. So join the over 1 million people that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning is different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give you your hair what it needs throughout different stages of your life, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles such as plant-based diets. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root cause of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve through a woman's life. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy, and in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code Mariana. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Mariana. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Mariana. 
If you're somebody who's consuming social media and you find yourself comparing yourself to others or looking up to this ideal standard, what kind of boundaries can you put around yourself or how can you help to not feel negative or bad around consuming content? I, I think social media is a really powerful tool. So regardless of everything I've just said there, I think social media still has tremendous value in society. It just, it just has to be used for the right reasons. At the moment, we use it to compare and and, and and mimic rivalry, I suppose, each other and try to curate a sense of perfection in our lives and lifestyles. But it doesn't have to be used for that. You know, it could just as well be used to connect with other people, you know, to cement offline relationships, to build groups and communities around shared interests. You know, these are things that are really healthy ways to use social media. So I think it's just about really rethinking our relationship with social media, what we're using it for, and making sure that we retain the elements that are very you know, useful to our lives and trying as much as we can to moderate those elements that, that maybe make us feel a little bit lower about ourselves. And, and so it's really, I think, as I say, just, just about rethinking our relationship and using it for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I know that for myself, some of the boundaries that I put up about myself is if there's somebody that makes me not feel great or I feel like I'm comparing myself to them, I'll just mute them. So it's not that I unfollow them. It's just like, okay, I know that I don't want this to always pop up in my feed. And so that that really helps me, especially if there's a phase in my life that maybe their type of content isn't making me feel my best. So that's something that's really helpful. But then I do follow accounts that make me feel good, that inspire me, that maybe fuel the better side of perfectionism that can help motivate me and inspire me in a positive way. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, that is a very healthy relationship with social media. But it, but what it, what it is absolutely about is making sure that we do very carefully monitor and moderate our feeds at all time. Because of course, you know, if we don't do that, then we can easily fall back into the trap of social comparison. So, you know, as long as we're being careful with it, we're making sure that we're following the people that we respect and find inspiring and, and that lift us up. Absolutely. It's just a wonderful tool. At what point is there like a tipping point where you feel like perfectionism is no longer a positive and it becomes a negative? Like what are some of the things that we can look for where we realize, okay, maybe we're taking this like a little bit too far? I think the, a really good question to ask yourself is, is we, we often focus in, in perfectionism research on what happens when things go wrong. And that's really interesting because you, you really see the negative sides of perfectionism under stress. But in your own life, it's also useful to think about what happens when things go well. Because do you feel a lasting sense of satisfaction? Do you feel joy in those moments? Or are they very fleeting and you're constantly thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? Because if if you think all the time about what's next, then it's likely perfectionism is in, at some level driving you and just blocking that joy and, that's, and then contentment and satisfaction from those moments of success. And that's the real difficulty of perfectionism. That's where it becomes very problematic. So perfectionism is really about, in my opinion anyway, trying to make sure that what the successes and the achievements that it does allow us to make, that we actually allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to enjoy them. Because the moment we stop and the moment we let our perfectionism take over <laughs> is the moment that we can never enjoy those moments. And it's a moment that we'll never be satisfied and we'll be constantly worried about not feeling ever enough. And so, yes, perfectionism can carry us to do great things. But when we do those great things, it's really so, so important that we allow, that allow ourselves permission to enjoy them. Because otherwise, it's going to be an exhausting and miserable life if we don't. Yeah, I think it's so many of us are always on to the next thing. So how can we be present in those moments to really enjoy them? Reward yourself. It's the first thing. It's really, you know, if you've done something incredible, 
then make sure you go and do a bit shopping or, or give yourself a little break or a holiday or, or really just celebrate it with a moment in time, whether it be an experience or a product or whatever it might be that says, I did this and I deserve this. Because I think that's, that really provides those moments in your life where you can actually give yourself space and time to, to really let, it so, let that accomplishment soak in and enjoy it. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that you, can, you, you stop and that's it. I've finished now, I'm done. But it does mean that at some level you've allowed uh, yourself to feel a sense of contentment and joy in the, in the little wins that you've had in your life. So I think it's so, so important that rather than just instantly move to the next thing when we've had successes, that we just reward ourselves in those moments. And however you want to reward yourself is up to you. But you have to do that because otherwise you'll never, ever feel content or satisfied in anything you do. Yeah, I saw something on TikTok. It was maybe like it had to be over a year ago now because I did this all last year. And I started doing this. I have a notes app on my phone and it's called a wins list. And anytime something positive happens or I have a win, it could be big or small. I write it as a note in my phone. I screenshot it if it's like a text or a moment and then I keep track of it. And sometimes the end of the month or year will happen. And maybe you felt like if you're like me and you are always kind of chasing these goals that you didn't ever do enough. But by writing them down each month and being able to look back at them, I felt like I really was like, oh, wow, I accomplished so much, even though I felt like maybe this month I didn't do that much. And that's been a really good practice for me to incorporate and is a really good thing to like put my mind, especially for other people who feel like they're never doing enough. Absolutely. I can't agree more. And if you don't do that, the issue can creep in that because the thing is with, with when you succeed it's something, really, it's something really big, the final step can be really small. Like it could just be the, a matter of crossing a T or dotting an I. So in the moment, it doesn't feel like you've done a lot, even though it's taken years and years to get to that moment. So absolutely, having a record of success and accomplishments along the journey is so important that you can look back on and go, wow, yeah, actually, it wasn't just this small step over the finish line. There was a lot of really really difficult moments to get to this point and you know this is such a massive achievement in that context the other side of like the positive of perfectionism are the negative and how it really can affect people's mental health and overall well-being so how does it affect mental health and what are some of these signs and symptoms that maybe okay like i'm getting to burnout this is making me depressed you see this all the time in the literature yes you know perfectionism has these go-getting qualities but it also has a darker side we call, we call perfectionism what's called a transdiagnostic risk factor. And what that essentially means is it has very strong correlations with a whole plethora of psychological difficulties, things like low mood, anxiety, body image concerns, depression, and, and all sorts of other negative mental health outcomes. And the reason it can be problematic for mental health is, is twofold. The first is that when perfectionists and people encounter difficulty, which they will do a lot because they set excessive goals for themselves, so they will find themselves failing quite a lot is that that failure exposes that imperfect self that they're trying to hide so it creates a lot of shame and anxiety and doubt a lot of self-criticism which then leads perfectionists people to overcompensate by setting even higher goals but then they fail again and so there becomes a very negative spiral where perfectionists people just constantly berate themselves find it really difficult to find any satisfaction or joy in their life and as over time that can create some quite negative mental health outcomes but the second reason is because perfectionism moves us away from people. Perfectionists are really worried about other people's opinions. They want validation and recognition from others, but they are so scared of rejection that they can often pull themselves away from social situations, particularly situations where they feel they might be appraised negatively. 
And so over time, that pulling ourselves away from social situations, moving ourselves away from people can create a lot of social disconnection and loneliness. And those things too can impact on our mental health. So perfectionism really has some, I would say, some really quite problematic baggage. And it's because of its interaction with stress and uh, how it moves us away from others. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially the validation and rejection part, because I think so often we're so focused on the thing we're working on that we are not focused on the positive things or people in our lives. And so if you find yourself maybe being overly focused on a goal or thing you're working towards and you are seeking outside validation instead of maybe the people close to you who love you the most, how can you change where you seek value from, I guess? Well, I think it's really about testing the boundaries and testing that idea. It's, it's an irrational idea, this idea that other people's opinions matter so much to your sense of self-esteem. Why is that? Why is it that other people, sometimes even people you don't even know, how can their opinions tilt you so much that they impact the way you feel about yourself? And it's really important to test that, actually. It's really important to push yourself out there, be vulnerable, as Brené Brown talks about very persuasively, show up make mistakes you know <laughs> show a little bit of vulnerability and imperfection in your life and 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 see what happens if other people maybe do criticize or do poke holes because what you'll notice in those moments i think is something very important about yourself and how actually that recognition and approval that you're seeking from other people is nothing more than a prop for your self-esteem and i think that's a very important lesson that, and actually it's like taking a sledgehammer to perfectionism because once you put yourself out there and you realize actually you know that that setback, that mistake, that shortcoming, maybe even that rejection from a, another person isn't as catastrophic as what you'd built it up to be. And actually you, you find your people in those moments too. You know, the people that are going to support you, the people that are going to put their hand on your shoulder and, and show compassion. And those are the people that you really want to draw close in your life. And it's really difficult to discover them if you don't put yourself out there and make mistakes and be vulnerable in the first place. So I think it's so, so important to be brave, push yourself out there, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about the people who in your life who are, who, who are good friends, essentially. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice, especially in moments of failure or rejection. And for perfectionists, failure is really hard. A lot of times they work really hard and they have a lot of wins, which maybe people see the wins, but the rejection and failure can be really difficult, especially for people like this. So how can they navigate through failure and hard times? Well, it's, it's really tough and it isn't easy. And the first steps are always the most difficult. Uh, perfectionism will tell you that the implications of failing, particularly publicly, <laughs> are going to be really catastrophic. And that can, make us, that can make us recoil from those situations. But you've just got to feel the fear and do it anyway. Those, those small steps out of your comfort zone start to build confidence in yourself. They, they start to build a much more secure and uh, strong sense of self-esteem that isn't it isn't crumbled by the fickle opinion of other people. It's really important to test your perfectionism. Make sure that, you know, if you feel anxious in certain areas of your life, that you actually actively put yourself up to challenge that. Maybe it's public speaking, maybe it's leading projects, maybe it's managing people, whatever it might be, where you feel that you maybe your skill set isn't matched to or you're not quite as competent in. It's really important just to test that. Get out there and do it anyway. And you often you'll surprise yourself. But actually, you're not, you're not as bad as you think you are, or at least your perfectionism will tell you you are. But even if you know you do make mistakes, so you you do fail in the first instance, it's just an important part of the learning process, isn't it? You know, making mistakes is a is a sign that you're pushing yourself forward, and that's the most important thing that you're moving in a forward direction. So, 
Yeah, all the great things that we talk about growth, learn from failures, learn from setbacks, really important. But first and foremost is you've got to be brave and you've got to put, put yourself out there. Support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. It is the perfect timing because honestly, this honestly came at the perfect time because my New Year's resolution was to finally find a uniform that I'm completely obsessed with. I like to just get up, know what I'm wearing that day, feel put together, but also California comfortable, casual, put together where I can run errands, go to the office, and just feel like myself. And Jenny Kane is exactly that. It's a California brand through and through, and they have amazing staples that make getting dressed easier than ever before. So think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined, which is just my style, from luxurious cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories to elevated versions of all your everyday basics, not to mention they have the most incredible home essentials. I have so many of them in my house. Jenny Kane is here to help you live your best year yet. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code Mariana to get 15% off. I am obsessed with their sweaters and knits. They just are so comfortable. They are so warm and just feel really chic and put together. They've got everything from elevated staples to their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters. And trust me, they do cashmere better than anyone. The cashmere fisherman sweater, the Flynn cashmere sweater, and cashmere cocoon cardigan are bestsellers in every season. And I really love cozying up in them no matter what season it is. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style the pieces together without a second thought. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our list Listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code Mariana at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com promo code Mariana. Like getting dressed, be one less thing to worry about. You said pushing yourself forward. And I know so many of us can end up like tinkering on things and we want it to be so perfect that we actually just never put out into the world or do it because it just has to be right. So are you, do you believe in like done is better than perfect or we should at least try to do something instead of just waiting for it to be like the absolute way we want it to be? Absolutely. You've got to, you know, I mean, the subtitle of my book is a power good enough. I, I mean, we have to recognize sometimes that it, good enough is good enough. If we wait for the perfect outcome, we may not, never send anything off. You know, in this world, there are thousands of thousands of good enough ways to do things, whether that be create companies, give presentations, whether that be write code, whatever it might be that we do. You know, there are hundreds of thousands of good enough ways to do it, but there's no one perfect way. And if we're searching for that one perfect way, we never find it because it doesn't exist. So letting things go is such an important part of the project. That's not to say you don't have high standards. That's not to say you're not meticulous or conscientiousness or conscientious or all the rest of it. All these things are wonderful. But there comes a point in, in whatever you're doing when it's important to just let it go. And that can be scary, but it, it's so vital. And what is this 80% rule? Well, 80% rule is essentially, if I understand it correctly, it's not my rule. But but it's it's about rec- again it's it's linked to this idea of good enough. It's it's recognizing that if you can get eighty percent of what's needed done, then that's good enough. You know, it, if you keep striving for the hundred percent, it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be difficult. You're going to find that there are going to be times when actually it holds the project back because you're you're trying so hard to make it fail safe and you're behind schedule and you make and you're iterating it you know it's like a, a chef right you, you can over whip the cream right it's sometimes you can do too much and so i think you know 80 percent is a really useful benchmark if once you feel like you're there just let it go and then iterate it and then develop it at a later point but it's important to let it go and then one of the things that i think so many of us deal with especially in the workplace is competition and workplace perfectionism and making sure that our boss thinks we're working hard enough or doing enough or doing the most how can we have a balance of 
doing well in our work and succeeding in our job, but not overdoing it to the point where we're burning ourselves out trying to be like the perfect employee. Well, first of all, the rec- well, I think we have to recognize that more doesn't equal better. I mean, we've got to think a bit smarter than that. If we just continue to put more and more effort in, what we're going to do is compromise our health, our relationships, time with our family, friends, doing things outside of work that are really rejuvenating, that help us come to work more vitalized and more productive. So it's not as simple as equation as just to say, if we put in more work, if we're more competitive, if we coach constantly to lift ourselves above other people, that somehow that will make us more successful. It just doesn't work like that. And then once we've wrapped our heads around that, it's that the question then is, okay, well, how do I work a bit smarter and more efficiently? And I think really this is, a, this is a question that's very personal to each individual. We all have our ways of working and we all have things that we employ to make us more productive. But I would say fundamentally at a philosophical level, it's really important to make sure that we're doing our jobs for purpose and meaning. You know, what is it? Why are you here? What is the reason that you're doing this activity uh, or this profession? I think sometimes reconnecting with that why helps us focus on what we're leaving in the world, what we're creating, how we're you know, innovating or improving, how we're making products more efficient, how we may be even creating new products that will help people. Whatever it is that we're in our industry for, it's really important reconnecting with that because that purpose is a much more sustainable way uh, to work than working for more, better, bigger money and all the rest of it sort of outcome-based driving so it's it's so so important that we recognize that more it doesn't equal better and finding our purpose is going to be a way more sustainable for motivation uh, than trying to outperform other people agree i think the why is so important in all the things that we decide to do in our lives and i like to put a lot on my plate and i know that i can't do everything to like 100 percent. so if i'm adding something new it has to be for some reason of like why am i actually spending my time doing this and if i'm doing it i want to make sure i'm doing it well In your book, which I'm really excited for our listeners to get a chance to read, you talk about resisting the pressure to be perfect. What are some of the practical tips or strategies that people can have to overcome this and have a more like balanced, content life? Well, I focus in on the book on a concept of self-acceptance, which is really, I think, the most important (laughs) starting point when it comes to trying to turn the corner on, on perfectionism. What does that look like? Well, First and foremost, it means challenging our perfectionism in important ways by doing some of the things we talked about earlier, being vulnerable, showing up, pushing the boundaries of our comfort zone little by little, and just essentially being more willing to show more of ourselves more of the time. And what's going to happen when we do that is we're going to encounter a lot of challenges, setbacks, because you know we're pushing ourselves out there. We're moving forward and making mistakes. That's, whole, that's a part and parcel of growth. And when we do encounter those moments, the second thing that's so important to do is, is make sure that we are kind to ourselves. Kind to ourselves in those moments, reminding ourselves that we're just human. And to be human is to be imperfect. So we are going to make mistakes. And if we want to move forward, if we want to ascend in our careers or whatever we're passionate about, then it's really important that whenever we make mistakes, we learn from them, we're kind to ourselves. And that also applies to other people too. So when they've made mistakes, creating those cultures of kindness, I think is really important because it not only helps psychologically but also brings us together it connects us to other people so self-compassion is just as important as vulnerability the two side by side should be foremost in in people's minds when it comes to trying to turn a corner of perfectionism and then i really like this concept of radical acceptance perfectionistic people think they feel like they can control everything and all around them that they think that's the imperative that they need to somehow perfect everything in their world but of course the world is more complicated than that 
And there are things that are just simply outside of our control, things we can't change, no matter how much we try. And I think it's so important that we recognize that, that we recognize sometimes there is nothing we could do. There was no other action we could take. You know, we had a health scare, we had a breakup, global pandemic came along, you know, these, these things that we, we simply have no control or agency over and, and radical acceptance is really about accepting the reality of situations and being content with that. And yes, you can want things to change and maybe you can even agitate for that change. But in the moment, it's so important to recognize that there was nothing that you could do and that's okay. We're an imperfect person. We live in an imperfect world and sometimes life will defeat us now and then. And, and that's part and parcel of what it means to, to live. So I think those three things are important, vulnerability, self-compassion and radical acceptance. And if you can employ one, two, or even all three of them, uh, you'll go some way to turn your corner on perfectionism. So your book, tell us a little bit about it and who it's for and what you would be able to expect from reading it. So my book is called The Perfection Trap. I wrote it really as it started as a, a, a sort of academic book as a deep dive into perfectionism, you know, what perfectionism is, what it does to us, how it impacts our well-being and performance and uh, crucially where it comes from. But it kind of turned into <laughs> a bit of a journey of self-discovery as a self-professed perfectionist myself. And then also I, I started to zoom out and look at perfectionism more broadly and how essentially everything that happens in society is, is geared and engineered towards creating and emphasizing perfectionistic tendencies among people. So I think it's a book for everyone who's curious about perfectionism, curious about why it is that we seem to be feeling like we're never enough. And so if, you, if you're curious about those things, I definitely recommend you check it out. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait for everyone to take a look at your book. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.